You know, like, I don't know the terrain, right? I'm in freaking Juarez, Mexico. Like, I'll give you an example, right? I'd say, like, voy a coger un taxi, which means I got to catch a taxi. And, like, people would laugh at me, right? I'd say, tengo que coger a bus, which means I got to catch the bus. And, like, more people would laugh at me. Like, after one year, I pulled my friend Dion aside. I go, I don't get it. Guys, why is it that every time I go to coher something, everyone laughs at me? And, guys, it turns out that coher in Mexico means to bang that thing raw. <laughs> like I'd spent like a year like trying to fuck their public transit. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, the show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. And I am CJ Sullivan, and each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a different theme to go with it. That uh, That's an outskirt of drinking, an outskirt, I don't know what that means. Uh, but this week's theme is <laughs> sneaking into places that you do not belong to. <laughs> One of our favorite... Uh, yeah. Genre of stories, one of our favorite things to do. You and I are both experts at uh, re-entering places under a new name, a new identity after right. we've been thrown out. Absolutely, I've been thrown out of many places, then re-entering. It's usually harmless. That's why it's a fun little caper. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why I think. And when you're drunk, you definitely. Uh, it's like the closest we'll get to like, uh, you know, being a spy or like a being <laughs> of espionage. <laughs> you know, it's trying to re-enter rumors, right? <laughs> <laughs> with a with a wig or something like that. Yeah, we have a and we have a guest uh, this week whose story is about sneaking into. He actually got he got himself flown uh, first class credentials to the Sundance Film Festival yes. with a fake press pass. Amazing uh, story. Yeah, that we're going to get into, and um, we'll get into that later. And then, of course, after that, we will have some stories about other famous people that snuck into places uh, while drunk or drunk influence, and we have a couple of our own personal ones. Um, but before we get into that, and before we get into the story, Sean, let's uh, let's keep the fans updated. I know they're very excited for you and your Sober-tober, like so people like to do. Sober-tober for the first time ever. Always hated those things. Yep. It's a, such a, I was to say, it's very, it's a good slap in the face to alcoholism as a disease where, where people just have fun and little games to play with the cure for that disease. You know, I'm going to dabble my, put my toe in the water of, of we've never really, as a society, we've never committed to whether we think it's a disease or not. Right. Absolutely. We know we don't. parts of us that we're like, well, you know, it is, it's hereditary. Yeah. We, we can't help, but also we want to be able to yell at them and, and they need to be consequenced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like we we're could, giving up a really big, you uh, know, stick if we right. <laughs> <laughs> we could tow the company line as long as we want with the whole. No, we get it; it's a disease, and we don't understand it. You know, it's not a choice and all that stuff. But come on, get your fucking life together. Goddamn, <laughs> get your goddamn life together. We all like, we all enjoy it now. But come on. But yeah, so, so you I got in. I, I did thirty days, and then I recently. Started. Uh, I've had a few beers since then. After I got my thirty days, and, and hey, CJ, I might have. Uh, like I, I said, I don't. I don't even think these thirty days need to be in a row. You know, consecutive. Just <laughs> yeah, get them. Over. Just get them in the year. And I think that's a sober tober. 
I had to say that with your diet. How many drinks do you have a day? I, I try to get 30 sober days in per year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was your personal days, like, like uh, for work now. It's like sick days, yeah. Um, but I might have uh, really screwed things up here with what, what I've done, what I've done to myself. So uh, last night, Adam Burke, a uh, great friend of our show, he recorded an album. Yeah, I opened up and I told Jess, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and have a few beers tonight. You know, sure, I haven't really. Yeah, why not? And I didn't have that many. I had like maybe, maybe I had four. So okay. that's that's not a lot for me. Not at all. Or not pre sober October, dude. I woke up with the worst hangover of my life. I, oh, I used to drink like welcome. 15. Right now, welcome be back. Fine the next day. And so I've lost my ability, my tolerance to hangovers. Mm. Or, you know, my invulnerability, yeah. uh, I think, is is gone after I took 30 days off. So you know what that means? You have work to do. Well, sorry, I, well, sorry, the, Jess. But I got in front of me. It really is. I'm like, and, but I'm thinking, well, man, Dot, is this what I, is this a marathon I want to start training for? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was painful this morning. Yeah, that's that's a night. That's a, that's another fun thing. Cause I love I love these sober tober updates because you give nothing but the downside of being sober. <laughs> like because like, everyone else has their fake. Like, oh, you feel great. I'm a blah, blah. Yeah. Here's one thing they don't tell you: when you go back, your tolerance is shot to hell, and you got to start from square one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's like being in high school or something. I, did I you say, get did you get did, drunk quicker from four beers last night? I, I did, but it wasn't like slop. Like I could feel it. Yeah, and um, that's always a weird I wasn't feeling. Like, whoa, sloppy. I was. But that's like, a weird. That's a weird feeling when you can feel it coming on for three. Like whoa, I don't normally feel like this yes, after, yes. after three drinks. So it, you know? it does. It's kind of like the same Scary. thing sort of happened. Remember when I gave myself a comb over? Um, mm-hmm. I had a full set of hair, and I shaved the middle of my uh, the nuclear bed, option uh, every day. And then I basically went bald once I stopped doing that. Uh, <laughs> and I, th- you know, I think you know your yeah. body teaches you like, yeah. hey, you're gonna play with fire here. You're gonna right. take things for granted. That's what they say. Yeah, you shave your head, it doesn't come back. It's not, but you, you did more than shave your head. You went to the scalp with the comb over, <laughs> the hipster co- nuclear option, as you used to call it. <laughs> Oh man, that's great! So that's the way you blame for that. I like that. So, um, all right, good sober sober. Another so anyone out there listening to Blackout Diaries, thinking about you know getting that sober curious world, let Sean be the warning for you. Yeah, not not worth the road back. <laughs> <laughs> so stay on stay on path of continued <laughs> drinking and a built up tolerance for so you can get to work with through, through these hangovers. Nothing exactly. to do with getting older. It's because you took those three weeks off <laughs> that, that's ruined everything. <laughs> well, that's perfect. All right. Well, that being said, let's get into Chris Trainey's story. He's hilarious. He came in and we have an interview with him where he sneaks into the Sundance Film Festival. So without further ado, a night got to get away from. Let's hear from Chris Trainey. Chicago, how are we? Yes, we're doing well. Good. Uh, I'm. I. I love you guys already. I love you guys. I love you. Cause they. They said that they were gonna give you guys free shots of Malort. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Jesus Christ. You know, like. Oh, well, I moved here. Uh, my brother. Do you guys know what a Chicago handshake is? Anyone? Okay. What's a Chicago handshake? Oh, I don't. Uh, say an old style and a what? And a shot of Malort, yeah. So I moved here. My brother bought me not one, not two, but three Chicago handshakes. Yeah. I was like, that's a Chicago fisting. Okay, that's like, it's very violent. Okay, first joke did okay. These guys, nothing. Great. It's going to be a long 10 minutes. All right, so here's my story, right? Like, 
I uh, graduate college and I go to Juarez, Mexico to be an aid worker, right? I was a nonprofit aid, aid worker. And at Juarez, for those of you who don't know, it's a lot like uh, basically, um, it's infamous for like narco drug trafficking, unemployment. It's like Cleveland when they don't have LeBron. Okay, that's, okay, you know, it's good. Okay, one clapter, love it. All right, uh, very long 10 minutes. And, um,. <laughs> I'll tell you this, like, I, like I'm, I'm there and I don't, you know, like, I don't know the terrain, right? I'm in freaking Juarez, Mexico. Like, I'll give you an example, right? I'd say, like, voy a coger un taxi, which means I got to catch a taxi. And, like, people would laugh at me, right? I'd say, tengo que coger a bus, which means I got to catch the bus. And, like, more people would laugh at me. Like, after one year, I pulled my friend Deanna aside. I go, I don't get it. Guys, why is it that every time I go to coher something, everyone laughs at me? And guys, it turns out that coher in Mexico means to bang that thing raw. <laughs> like, I'd spent like a year like, trying to fuck their public transit. <laughs> I was like, Diana, like, why didn't you tell me? She goes, it just got too funny, you know? <laughs> She's like, you get drunk and be like, I gotta go fuck a taxi, you know? It's like, <laughs> behind my back, they call me the boy who fucks mufflers, you know? That's. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you had, like, a Latino friend here who's like, I gotta go bang the brown line, you'd be like, <laughs> yes, you do. You're like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't you'd be like, go bang that brown line. We're gonna finger the bank. You know, that's it. That's, you know, that's the kind of year I was having, right? Like, it was crazy, right? Like, I'm living in Juarez, right? And I'll never forget this. I learned there's a film coming out at the Sundance Film Fest, and I don't want to go into it. We're here to have fun, but Juarez is notorious for a lot of domestic abuse, so, like, um, I, you know, I knew that as an aid worker, and like at the time, there was this film coming out at the Sundance Film Festival. It was called Until the Violence Stops, and it was about, uh, are you guys familiar with the vagina monologues, you know? <laughs> this row, for sure, absolutely. You guys probably all did it. You were in theater, you did jazz fingers, absolutely. These two, not so much, okay? Like, yeah, dude, you, no, there's no way with that T-shirt. And. Um, <laughs> But it's like it was a very progressive play, and the whole idea was like they were gonna end violence against women. And they were going to Sundance Film Festival with this documentary film, and it just so happened they were gonna feature the women of Juarez, Juarez, Mexico. So guys, get this. I decide I'm gonna fly to the Sundance Film Festival. I'm gonna interview Eve Ensler, Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Selma Hayek, and I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna write an article. It's gonna be in the New York Times and I'm gonna do my part to end violence against women. Well, don't all clap at once. Yeah, come on, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. I'm single, come on, get at me. You know, like that's, let's go. Yeah, I mean, look at this face. I could have been a banker. And, um, you know, and so like, right, I sit down at the computer and I email the press officer for the film and I, and I might have told like a white lie. I was like, uh, I'm a freelance journalist for more as Mexico. I swear to God, guys, she, she must have wrote back in like two minutes. She was like, oh my God, a Juarez journalist. Like, we'd love your perspective. Like, who do you write for? I was like, who do I write for? Like, Facebook? Like, what, <laughs> what are we talking here, you know? And she goes, if you can get a legitimate publication to vouch for you, like, game on. We'll give you the interview, right? It's a true story. I sit down. I email the Chicago Sun-Times, the Chicago Tribune. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch, El Paso Times, El Diario of Juarez, and guess what happened? No one would fucking vouch for me. <laughs> no one, like not one, right? So this is how I came to be on this show. Um, my, my brother loves tequila, okay? <laughs> okay, we got a fan. And um, 
he decided one night we were going to do shots. And I had this dilemma, right? No one's going to vouch for me. And, like, we just get fucking bombed, right? Like, we're, like, did, like, 12 shots of tequila. And he's like, why don't you email the editor for Playboy? Email the editor for Playboy. Why don't you email the New York Times? I'm emailing, like, info at newyorktimes.com. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're, like, literally, like, two jackasses going on, like, Esquire and be like, dude, they've got, like, an unsubscribe email. Like, we're fucking hitting everyone. And this is my favorite part. God love my brother to this day, out of nowhere, after his eighth shot, he's like, what is that magazine that, like, homeless people sell? And I was like, Streetwise? And he goes, yes, you need to email Streetwise. Swear to God, we're drunk as fuck. It's 2 in the morning. We email the editor for Streetwise magazine. <laughs> and we wake up in the morning, and he's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know? <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to fucking Sundance Film Festival, you know? And he'd already emailed the press officer. He's like, I 100% vouch for this guy. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, I'm not even a fucking journalist. You know, like, that's... And two days later, I got a press pass to fly to fucking Sundance, you know? I swear to God, I fly to Sundance. I'm a freelance journalist for Streetwise magazine. <laughs> There's a fucking red carpet, you know? And I, <laughs> thank you, thank you, yep, yep. I roll up, they go, what's your name? I said, uh, Tronny Chris. They go, Streetwise? I was like, absolutely, <laughs> let's go. They let me in, I couldn't believe it. And I'm fucking, I'm in this tiny room and like, I'm just fucking, like, I'm fake. Like, there's like producers and directors and act and journalists, like real ones. And like, and like, and I'm faking it till I make, I mean, I was also eating hors d'oeuvres like crazy. I was just fucking, I was like, ah, you know. And I remember the press officer gathers us around and she's like, oh, okay, this publication. And I, remember, I think the, the LA Times was there. She goes, oh, LA Times. And then she gets to me and she goes, oh, the Juarez guy. She goes, you're the one we want. <laughs> and then like walks away and I remember LA Times was like, who, I'm sorry, who are you? Like, <laughs> she goes, like, who do you write for? I was like, <clears throat> streetwise? <laughs> like, yeah, could you, what was going through like the LA journalist like mind? Like, well, what's your distribution? That's ah, about 12 guys being like, streetwise? <laughs> like, we gather up the homeless and then they just shuck our shit out. You know, that's, you know, I couldn't believe it, you know, so. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I know. I know. Like, it's unbelievable. So the movie screens and um, Sundance is a lot like uh, the Lincoln Lodge. There's no security and um, just, <laughs> just no fucking security. And like, like the movie ends and it could be just like this. Like everyone bombards. They go and they run up to like Selma Hayek and Jane Fonda and they just maul them, right? But then I see like all the journalists. They were smart. They go to the press officer because they like need their interview. And I remember I just got like overwhelmed. I was like, what am I doing? Like, as, I know, I know. At this point, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, and I, I walk out of the theater. I'm like, I'm not doing it. This is fucking stupid. Like, Chris, like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, and then I remember like, like, there's an editor for Streetwise magazine who's going to want his fucking story. <laughs> and I was like, I've got to fucking do this. So I swear to God, I was like, all right, let's go. So I go back in the theater, and I'll never forget this. I push aside the other journalists, and I grab the, the, I grab the press officer by the arm, and I'm like, I need my story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm on some kind of deadline for Streetwise, you know? <laughs> like, 
like streetwise readers are like, we need to know, you know, that's, you know. I swear to God, she goes, you're right, right this way. And she grabs me, I swear to God. She takes me out of the theater into a hotel bar and I sit down and there's Jane Fonda and Eve Ensler. I know, I know. <laughs> and it was like in that moment that like, I was like, I, I had not wrote a question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how's your Tuesday going? You know, like, <laughs> but honestly, like, it went great. It was fucking amazing. Like, uh, Eve Ensler knows her shit. Jane Fonda knows her stuff. And we did 15 minutes talking about the women of wars. And if you do get a chance to go home, look it up. The women of wars, very important thing. Look it up. Uh, but after 15 minutes, I'll never forget the press officer comes. And she goes, it's time. It's time. Like, we need to wrap. And I thought I'd act like a pro. I go, well, we'll rap on the phone. And they go, of course. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget Jane Fonda out of nowhere. She goes, you know what? We love this guy. Can you get this guy a hat? And I was like, what? <laughs> Jane Fonda's getting me a fucking hat? You know, let's fucking go, you know? And like I stand up and, I, and they give me a hat and I put it on and I don't look at it. I have no idea what it says and I thank them for their time. I'll never forget this. I walk out of the interview and I'm going past the hotel bar and there's the LA Times journalist and they see me and I got this fucking hat on and she's just like, what the fuck is going on here? And I was like this close to being like, street was! <laughs> Yeah, this is the best part. At the end, I remember I walk into the hotel bathroom and I look in the mirror and I, they did give me a hat. It's got two words on it. It says, Vagina Warrior. <laughs> and that's my story, y'all. We're back at the Blackout Diaries with Chris Traney, who you just heard. What a hilarious story. Chris is now joining CJ and I. Thank you so much, Chris. Oh, thanks for having me. This is uh, <laughs> this is insane that you entertain alcoholics by alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an early review of um, the show by a Tribune art critic said, I felt like I was attending a reverse AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I do feel that that might be the best description of the show. Yeah, yeah. we've stuck with it. I'm still not sure what that means, but it's certainly catchy. That we, we have that level of non-judgmental support within the room. Yes. I mean, everyone, like, this is a judgment-free zone yeah. right here, you know? And yeah. it helps when the stories are charming, like Chris's, you know, uh, yeah. a, good, a good swindle is always fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of missing in today's world, you know? But I, I maintain I, I had no integrity for a uh, cause with integrity. <laughs> but I love stories, and that's kind of like what maybe our theme for this episode uh, should be. I love stories where people kind of like talk their way into something that like yes. if you had told them sober that this is where they were going to be in three months, you'd be like, no way. And you talked your way into it. It's great. And, and I do want to say as a side note on that sort of alcoholic supporting the show. At one point, I think when I was telling my story, I was like, yeah, my brother and I were at home drinking tequila, and you just hear like a yes. woo. <laughs> yeah, lots of tequila fans. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, we touched the nerve. A good one. <laughs> I feel like tequila, yeah, is definitely a launching point for these kind of plans sometimes. So there's like different liquors cause different uh, evenings, if you will, or different avenues. Yes. You know what I mean? Different adventures, and uh, 
Like you're Tequila's not going to swindle dead. with beer. You don't. No. Correct. You know, tequila you begins an adventure. It's an adventurous yes. drink. Yeah, absolutely. And you can definitely you, you can break down walls. You can get past it. And, and it was it was virtual. It was virtuous too. Like I like that. I did like that aspect of the story. It started with a cause where you wanted to, you know, be an ally to end mm-hmm. domestic violence right. and violence against women. You know, like I want to do this by right. lying. Right. <laughs> also, like, can we just hone in on the irony? There? Like, like the face of the guy, the, the person who's going to end domestic violence and it's a straight white dude. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Are we kidding? <laughs> but a straight white dude who was living in Juarez at the time. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that happens to be, that happened to be uh, fortunate. Yeah. For you, as far as opportunity goes, that seems like how these stories go. I mean, it's going to be a crazy city, though. Yeah, right? but it is absolutely. It's, it's pretty notorious. It's insane. I, what I, was it like living there? Oh, it's in, it's like you would imagine. I mean, it's not like like there are two truths to it, right? There's all the narco drug trafficking, of course, but like mm-hmm. it's not like the, everyone's perception is like they view Chicago like you step out the airport yeah. and there's bullets yeah. flying. Like yeah, no. Uh, right. I, I will say one time though I was waiting for the bus like in a street corner and I swear to God this happened like these two dudes do you ever see in movies like when like a, a, a car's got a quick go hide in a garage like these two dudes ran with Uzis they opened up like a garage door the, <laughs> they, they wave in the car and then they <laughs> I, was like, I was like we gotta go <laughs> that's hilarious I believe That's you described. I, I believe you described it as Cleveland after LeBron James left for yeah. the first time, which is <laughs> hilarious to us. And uh, Sean being from Cleveland, we we used to love how the city based its entire economy around a small. Oh my forward, god! A yeah. small forward. And then once he took off, there were so many houses that were burned down on Jersey mishaps where they burned the LeBron Jersey, (laughs) like caught the porch on fire and everything. Yeah. The the fire department's like, they're like, why are there so many fires tonight? LeBron's going to Miami. (laughs) The Jersey, Jersey mishaps displaced, displaced 80,000 citizens (laughs) in Ohio. (laughs) Real quickly, if I can't, because I'm a huge LeBron James fan. I love that. It's one of the great sports mistakes, how he handled that. Mm -hmm. He had nobody in his because he had made his best friend growing up his agent. Sure. So and he didn't give him proper advice where he's like, I think I'm going to do a live (laughs) cliffhanger update. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And everyone in Cleveland thought he was going to stay. And then he goes, I'm taking my talents to South Beach and a riot starts, you know. Just collapse the town. You're exactly right, though. It's it was amazing. War as overnight. Imagine having such a bad sense of sort of like self worth and perception. Like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. announce something that's exciting, and people are like rioting. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Cleveland is always in a codependent relationship with some athlete. That's what we do. Yeah, um, I know. And, and people were uh, I was just upset at how it happened. Now that we're, now we're doing an entire LeBron episode, but yeah. it's just funny. <laughs> like, like, it's just how he left, you know? Okay. It wasn't yeah. how he left. Like, I can't believe he left for a like hundred million. Like you left Cleveland for $50,000 in a job <laughs> at Arthur, <laughs> and Arthur Anderson, you know, in Chicago, like everyone, everyone I talked to said, he couldn't believe he left. Yeah. All left Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. So you go from, Juarez, you know, you, yeah, you let's get Juarez back to Juarez to where women well, I want to hear about. I want to hear about Sundance, too, because like, oh, of you course, talk about the opposite of Juarez. Like I've heard 
that is like one of the most exp expensive, whitest, uh, like weirdly liberal yeah. enclaves. What was that? What was Sundance like? Because you don't you don't talk about it a lot in the story. Yeah, yeah. This is this is amazing to me. This stuff the the budget to get you out there. Is yeah, by uh, streetwise <laughs> in general is just incredible. I was like, get sell those it. magazines. <laughs> I mean, what, what what are they holding this budget for? Can't you give it to the goddamn homeless people that are selling these things? Well, you know, <laughs> well, I gotta get this kid to Utah. <laughs> They have a meeting with their tribe, and they're like, "This is the big one. <laughs> Get out of there, <laughs> those corners." Now, yeah, um, talk about talk about the whole experience here, at Sundance. Yeah, so Sundance is absolutely wild. It is, and you're right, Sean. It is one of those probably, you know, affluent white, you know, uh, ski towns in Utah, right? I mean, it's gorgeous mm -hmm. and like high end restaurants and and all that, and slopes and stuff. But like, they do host this. Robert Redford Film Festival. It's like one of the yep. biggest film festivals in North America. And it's now used by a lot of studios to release like big films or, you know, uh, zeitgeist films and stuff like that. But it's also still like a film festival. There's still like 250 movies streaming, like right. playing from 10 a.m. to midnight every day. So it's, oh, there's also a lot of crap, you know? <laughs> like, um, and like it's just cool, right? They turn a uh, library into a, a film theater. They turn a small, you know, high school auditorium into. It's just it's a it is a true festival. So that that is very cool. That at any hour on any given hour, you open up like a, a that. This is really the impetus for the story. They mail attendees in advance, like um, like a, a a half an inch thick catalog. Like here are all of the movies playing. At the mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when they're playing here's a synopsis some photos like so in advance you're like oh i want to see this one i want to see that one and so i it just rips it's kind of cool you're walking down the street um you just see faces character actors that you haven't you know i think i saw william h macy i didn't say hi but like you know sure. um i saw the guy from no what what is it supersize me remember the guy at mcdonald's oh morgan morgan, Spreeman. morgan, Spur morgan, morgan Spurlock. Spurlock. yeah so yeah. just yes. stuff like that. just rando but it's cool you know what? How did? It, what were the accommodations? What did? What did Streetwise put you up? Yeah, let's, I, 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 let's get. It. I just want to get. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm baffled by. Is the whole street. Should we real quickly give a background to listeners who may not know what Streetwise is? Because I, I know you, you like. Right. I don't think we talk about yeah, that a lot. It's, they're, they're, it's, it's only a Chicago thing, right? Streetwise. I, yeah. No, it's well. Oh, Where is, is it, it in Chicago? I don't know. St. Louis Streetwise. Uh, right. So, so there's a, a, it could be a Midwest thing. There's a lot. When to I say clear. Chicago, I mean Midwest. Yeah. yeah like, like at the end of the day, Chicago listeners will write. So Streetwise is one of those magazines, like a social justice magazine that like homeless people sell it. And in mm -hmm. return, whatever they sell, they can get profits from it. And it's sort of like some kind of like, you know, way to sort of like get have a job, get some income. The, yeah, the consumer gets a magazine. Right. So they're not just begging for money. You're getting something returned. You're exchanging. Everyone feels better about it. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Pricks ass. Pricks ass. It's kind of. I have always liked it because it's kind of cool. Because the the, yeah. the streetwise uh, salespeople are usually barking, almost like old school newsboys. Right. right. Know, like outside of grocery streetwise, stores. Like streetwise. Right. Tracks, I know. You know. Streetwise. Streetwise. You know. Yeah. Um. So this is the magazine that flies you out to Sundance. Right. To be fair to them, I had you know because. You're storytelling, right? I'm economizing like crazy. I was going to fly yeah. out there anyway. So really? that's like okay. my buddies were attending. My I, buddies are filmmakers. So like I, I never have Streetwise magazine 
You know what I like? Pay, they didn't pay for I, it. I assumed they did. It wasn't your first your option, but I, I assumed they just gave you the credentials to get in yeah. to interview people. And I'm all yeah. for that. Listen, I'm going to go. There's, there's got to be a way around paying for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how usually these stories start. You know, like, <laughs> I want to get there, but I mean, come on. Yeah. So many people got free shit out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's get you a press pass. I love that call to them. And they're like, yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we. <laughs> did this article ever get published by the way it on did. streetwise absolutely yeah. nice they yeah. do they have a website that they don't have a library of contents you know, i used they? to find it online if i google my mm-hmm. i can't find it so i think an old domain and again like to, to parse it out like the audience i was really bummed about this sean like when we did it live but like it wasn't chicago streetwise it was the st louis one and when i admitted oh, that all okay. the chicagoans were like Oh, like, yeah, that does make a difference, you know. Like, what? Like, there's tears of streetwise, <laughs> right? Like, they're loyal readers of the Chicago yeah. streetwise, right, right? This fly by night operation, <laughs> yeah. I've purchased many streetwise, but I've never, I don't, I've never brought them back inside my apartment. They've always, like, tried, yeah. like I'm not gonna, I'm gonna throw it away, obviously. Because, yeah. uh, well, I think call. they're onto something. I think they should have done movie reviews. I don't think they ever did movie reviews. I mean, make I like whole thing, of right? Streetwise movie, like, like, you know, real salt of the earth people reviewing movies. Right. Well, I thought they should make it really pro homeless, like best bathrooms, to, you know, public restrooms to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, like best best shelters, best whatever. You know, it's oh, kind of yeah, a like situation. A yeah, like kind of a to, kind of yeah, a green well, book. It, is, it is called Streetwise, right? Like a guy. Right. To, That's what I thought I was going to get. You know, street survival. <laughs> right. CJ's <laughs> looking for like what to do in a mugging. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Mister Burglar. Let me read up to this guy too. <laughs> He's like, well, well, a lot of classified. Here, it says here to stab you. <laughs> <laughs> So when you sh- when you show up and everyone's expecting you coming from Juarez, a freelance reporter from Juarez, that was your story that you were going with, and you show up to Sundance and you are as this white male. But you know you, you can you can pull off certain things. You you casually spoke Spanish. You have when I mean, you lived in Juarez, you probably had picked up a lot of Spanish. You made a funny joke how you t- you said cohere a lot, which means to fuck. I think down there. There you go. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so did woke. you try to <laughs> right? Did you try to slip some? Uh, some Spanish in there at least or anything didn't need to at, at the film festival. Right. Cause it's like, it just gives you frankly, I mean, come on, does that not have some kick-ass or some, some credibility to it that you're like living in Juarez? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't believe they even wanted you even needed a, like a, like you needed a, a, a job who he wrote for. Fuck it. You live in Juarez, get over here. Yeah, yeah. You probably know more, but you're, you know, more about that than Jane Fonda and Sally field. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's just wild. I mean, it was, um, yeah, I mean, going from Juarez, though, to Park City, Utah. <laughs> was mm-hmm. <a> trip. <laughs> what were the bars like at, at Sun? Did you go out at all? Because it had to be weird that I would imagine like five feet over is a celebrity. Yeah. Then it's, you know, like normal people. And then yeah. the people who live there who are probably rich pricks. I don't know. People that live there year round, I would think. But I don't know. I, you know, what's funny now that in hindsight, I don't recall much bar. I, I was in movie theaters. So yeah. If I wasn't, like, yeah, gotcha. Because, because the, the, this documentary, the world release was like maybe like the Thursday of the week and I flew in on like a Monday. Do you know? What I'm, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just soaked up movies. Like it's amazing. Nice. And, and all on Streetwise is done for the for <laughs> entire week. DJ Incredible. Stuff. Yeah. That's the whole story. That's the best part. I love I get it. get some like notice keep... from Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> nah, you're St. Louis. They, they love fucking the homeless over in St. Louis. You're yeah. fine with that. I'm just kidding. So, but then you sat down with an interview mm-hmm. with Jane Fonda, 
and uh, V herself, if yeah. you will. Eve Ensler, yeah. Eve Ensler, writer of my vagina monologues. She's yeah. now known as V, I heard, but not. Oh, really? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. I read up. That, that was my research I did. <laughs> <laughs> She's known as V. But, and then she then I gave you, do you still have that hat, by the way? The uh, was a vagina warrior hat? You know what's funny? You want to know the irony? I think a girl stole it from me. <laughs> and what can you say? You can't say, you yeah. know what I mean? I am, you're a vagina warrior, you know. Oh man, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I think. She, yeah, we, she was. She was probably right in doing so. You know, you shouldn't be wearing this. Yeah, yeah, she probably was like. <laughs> I know. And also, I couldn't. What am I doing? Like, I it was. A, it was a black stocking cap with pink letters that said "vagina warrior." It would be a little weird if you come yeah. home from a one night stand. You, you're 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 starting a one night stand, and you see a man. You see a man's apartment, and that's the hat. Right. You know, like that would be a little. <laughs> like, I would want to know the whole story. Right. And just imagine in the dead of winter, you're meeting the boys at the bar, and you walk in. <laughs> <laughs> Or some cold ones, and they're like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> You're like, "I'm a, I'm a vagina warrior." <laughs> <laughs> and that girl, ironically, was Selma Hayek. She stole that hat back from me. Did you go to school for journalism? Um, I didn't know the this aspect of you. No, I wish I had. In hindsight, I think I would have been a great storyteller. But like, and I think yeah. that's why yeah, I, I now put it in my comedy. But it's like, um, yeah, man, I, I, I wish I did. Actually, applied Mizzou has like a really good J school, and I applied. I yeah, yeah, it's great. like one of the best in the country. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, didn't yeah. land that one, and I should have kept trying. I got accept, actually accepted to Medill here at Northwestern, um, okay. but then I was like, "Cool, how much?" And they're like eighty grand, and I was like, "What?" Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, you got to like th- housing and food and beer, right?" And like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I can't." <laughs> You definitely got the conning part, investigative journalism part. And I, lo- and I love the gumption at the end. I need my story. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. The, it's so uh, great. <laughs> at the uh, media course, it's hilarious. And they're like, you're right. You're from Juarez. You need it. Yeah. Here is Selma Hayek and Jane Fonda. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I also used to want to be a reporter, too. And one of the things I noticed, though, like I would talk to people who were in the field and you pretty quickly – become disenchanted on even potentially thinking about becoming something when every single person you talk to that's in that field is do not come into this field. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, have you ever talked to a reporters? They're always like, this was the biggest mistake of my life. I like, think the field is dying. I have to do videos now. I have to be on TikTok. You know, oh, it's terrible. It's just like, it's like comedy. Yeah. But um, I f- and I feel like in movies, there's that's one of the biggest occupations where the disparity between reality and how it is portrayed oh, yeah. in movies is journalism. Like, journal- well, it's because all the like, look, all these scripts were written fifty years ago when, mm-hmm. when there was like a thriving. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that Spider Man and Superman are both reporters by day, <laughs> yeah, very <know>. unrealistic. <laughs> very unrealistic. Taking photographs, yeah. you know, exclusively yeah. for a newspaper. If, if that were today, they'd be like monopolizing their following. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd be monetizing. Yeah, that's totally like. true. They would just have blogs. Yeah. What a what an exciting superhero that would be. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> just Spider-Man's content would be just be him web slinging. <laughs> web caught that. That's perfect. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, thanks for joining us. Why don't you pull? Why don't you tell our drunk listeners where they can find you and what you got going on yourself? Oh yeah. Uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Uh, I am. I'm on Instagram at ctrani at Chris Trani uh, on Instagram. Uh, that's probably where I post all my shows. And then, uh, and we've had CJ. We're going to have you, Sean. We are every Tuesday at the House of Blues. So, yes, great show. This is a great show. Great, great show. show, House of Blues in Chicago. Yeah. Um, 
Great venue, great show. Yeah, definitely check that out. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, so thanks for having me, well, guys. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad you're able to join us today. Yes. And uh, yeah, we look forward to having you back on the Blackout Diaries. Heck yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Do it, do it for the V. All right, we'll be back after this. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. Sean Bear Flannery and CJ Sullivan. We are talking about people who have drunkenly snuck in to hard to find uh exclusive destinations uh you've done this one of the most exclusive destinations uh like the crown jewel of local drinking establishments <laughs> you, you you were able to sneak into an elk's lodge once yeah yeah elk's lodge i used to be a big fan of the elk's lodge still am oh, absolutely yeah, they're great. they are amazing my uncles are uh Members of the Elks Lodge in Hartford, Lodge number 19, I believe. They've since then, since I've told this story to him, made, got me to be a member of, of, of a quarter of a member of the Hartford one so I can flash it anywhere, basically. Once they're like, like oh, because oh, you got that low number. That's, uh, it's, that's impressive. That carries a lot of weight in the Elks. Carries Lodge. a lot of weight. This, this happened at the Culver City in California Elks Lodge a couple years ago. Okay. About six years ago. They're like Lodge number 1950-something, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you flash number 18 or 19 at them, they're like, oh, this is like one of the uh, one of the founding fathers coming in. There's a couple rules, I guess, when it comes to sneaking in. They need um, – you, you have to act like you, you – you, you can't be asking – you have to act like you know what you're – you know, that sure. you're supposed to be there with anything, you know. There's not a, a lot of uh, props like for events and um, – so yeah, so it was Elks Lodge. I think it was a tough night because it was an after. I think it was the night before Thanksgiving, maybe, or maybe it was it was one around the holidays. It was a popular drinking night. Okay, okay, it was me, Jeff Klinger, and Aaron. And um, Jeff loved Klinger's. We know our friend of ours who loves sneaking into things. So that's it. That's his. <laughs> he that he goes out just for the banter, the when talking, he quit and the drinking, hustling. That's what he. Became his addiction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know? that, that's a, that, that's what he gets the rush. And because this was him when he didn't drink, like yeah, at the end of the night, he's like, yeah, I finally felt a rush. <laughs> you know, the yeah. of going into it. <laughs> so I didn't have any cards. I'm like, oh, I, I know, I you know, and my uncle's off. Oh, I could just say. He always told me. He always told me some things you could just say. You know, hey, I'm I'm visiting brother. You say some bullshit like that. So mm-hmm. we go to the door. We're like, all right, well, let's first things first. Let's get our story straight. You know, there's three of yeah. us: me, Aaron, and Jeff. <clears throat> And uh, we're like, so we just keep it simple, you know. We're visiting uh, from Hartford because that's what I—that's what I knew of. And then, uh, and then, um, so we get to the we get to the door. But I remember that always oh, stick with we're stick with we're, <laughs> the same story. We're all visiting. We're visiting from Hartford. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the door. Like, yeah, can I help you? Guys? It's one of those things you get, they buzz you in that kind of yeah. situation. You know, it's a whole thing. It's like, <clears throat> it's a bar with no windows. It's just brick walls. You don't know if it's you know what's going on in there. You open the door and these guys are there and they're having a holiday party. You could tell. You know, one of those things. They're like, yeah, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I'm a visiting brother from Hartford. You know, visiting my friends from who are visiting from Hartford. And he's, he like kind of looked me up and down. Like, uh huh. All right, well, give me the. Uh, Give me a secret handshake, and he puts his hand out, and I knew there wasn't a handshake. <laughs> That's absolutely right. There's no handshake, and he goes, "Ah, you're right. All right, just that was your first test." <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, yes, your first test." I'm like, "I like this guy already." So because like, it, basically, it's still a bar. It's not like it's a free club. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're going. It's a very blue collar bar. It's great. It's fun. So we get in there, and then um, this, so 
I tell him Elks Lodge number 19. Then he gets excited. He goes, oh, he announces us as we enter in <laughs> to the entire bar. <laughs> well, we got Elks Lodge Hartford Celebrities number 19 coming in. I was like, yeah, <laughs> cheering. So now we, the three of us go off on our individual ways. Like the women surround Aaron. Jeff's trying to look at the, sh- the shuffleboard games, asking how he can become a member. And they're all all of us have different like people around us get, just grilling us with questions because mm-hmm. these people hang out with each other all the time. Sure. You know what I mean? So if there's an outsider comes in, you know, we're mm-hmm. like, you know, we're like an animal from a zoo or something mm-hmm. that's poking and prodding us, you know. Yeah. And so now we're making up stories. Oh yeah, the Harford one's good. You know, we used to be an actor flop house for people coming traveling through. It's like well, really, the girl over there says you guys are from Chicago. Like Chicago, and then he <laughs> realized people started get, we, we as we got drunker, our stories started getting mixed up. Aaron just started saying Chicago. No, I just saw you because then he's like, "She wants you to run a show here." Wait, do you do you live in L.A. or something? No, we don't live in L.A. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it, and then, so they started getting mixed up and things like 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 and um. She says you're from Chicago. She says you live in L.A. No, we're thinking about moving in L.A. You know, we're just thinking about it. That's why we wanted to check out here, make sure it's a good time, you know. I, I'll bet you I know what she meant. <laughs> right. uh, you it, know what? <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a lot of those. It was a lot, you know, she, she, she wasn't supposed to say anything, to be honest with you. It's not, for, it's not uh, forward with my boss yet. Uh, then there was all these purple pigs um, lying around on the table. And at one point, I'm like, what's up with these purple pigs? And the guy goes... You're joking, right? And uh, <laughs> go, of course I'm joking. I just wanted to know if you were, you know, what the hell is joking, joking, you know. Apparently, Purple Pigs is a thing, it's a big thing with the Elks Lodge. It's for their charity, you know what I mean? It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a symbol for their charity. So, like, it's, a, it's like a piggy bank, and if you put money in there, it'll go to a charity. I, I was inside one, and I remember that. Yeah. Right. And, um, but he gave me a look like you're kidding, right? And of course I'm kidding. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> of and, I'm and then he, and then he starts giving me the whole rundown like I was the authority because I was from Lodge Number 19. I'm just yeah. making sure things are running tight up through here in Culver City. <laughs> they sent me out there, you know, because there's a lot. We're trying to re uh, we might take take away and demote some of these guys out here. Um, Corporate wants to de-license you guys. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm your friend here. <laughs> you have to get a sponsor. Get a I, wound up, I wound up getting a couple people that said, we'll get a sponsor for the Culver City, and I am now. I, I, I can now walk into any Elks Club. From that night, mm-hmm. I can walk to any Elks uh, Aaron can never be banned again. <laughs> well, I think the women have their own club, too. I, I'm not even sure. If, That's I think, great. Yeah, like, it's, it's a... Their own the fawn room or something. Yeah, like that. It's, some, yeah. it's something like that. It's pretty funny. It's such an exclusive club of of nobodies. It's, that's what's kind of great, you know. Uh, but I mean, it is an amazing bar. Like you go there and it's like two dollar beers, that kind of situation. You know, you can buy scratch tickets. It's like you're not going to be. You know, bothered. a lot of those places actually are doing well since COVID because like they didn't have as many of like the lockdown requirements. Lockdown. Since private clubs. Yeah, lockdown, exactly. Dude, I drove by there during the pandemic because <laughs> it's right by my sister's place. It was pop. It was like the night, roaring 20s in there. Yeah. They, they did not care at all. They were open for business because their normal day today on a Saturday, it's always park the car around back. Don't let anybody see you. So they yeah. were they do they were doing pandemic drinking and you know, three sixty five, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So we don't don't let the wives kind of see a situation. So they they weren't affected at all during a lockdown. Once that's great. We need those places. So it's good to see they're doing well. Yep. So the, that was that. So that's so one lesson that came out of that is uh, don't don't buy their question. If they if they ask you a question, you start questioning them with it. You know, you don't yes, answer it. That's very good. Yeah. 
and uh, keep, and make sure, he, like a bank job, you got to keep all your stories straight. I can see why that, that, that would fall under interrogation. Well, that's couple, why they, you know, police, the first thing they do when they, they interrogate you is they separate you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. and you got, you got to stick together thematically and physically. Yeah. The story's got to stay together and the people got to stay, because you're not going to keep it together if you separate. Right. I want, is it illegal to uh, to give someone an actual drink in an interrogation room? I mean, I, I imagine that would uh, throw your your confession. Oh, I think the out cops the are allowed to do everything. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, like they're allowed to lie. They're allowed to. I know. I'm sure they're allowed to give you liquor. Right, but I'm saying would that default the confession? I guess. I don't know. That that's I don't know. That's a good legal question. We'll have to look that up for next episode. Good point. Good point. That would be funny though. Why is there a wet bar over there? Oh, that's for when we interrogate people. <laughs> <laughs> what can I, can I bring you up what, something? What are you drinking over there? <laughs> well, actually, speaking of drinking, that yes. brings up a good story here uh, where they sort of use the ploy you're talking about in some mm-hmm. ways. This is I had never heard of this story, but this is maybe the literal crown jewel yep. of sneaking into places. In the 1980s, a guy, after a night of drinking... <laughs> Snuck into Queen Elizabeth's bedroom while she was sleeping. <laughs> 1982, an intruder snuck into Buckingham Palace. Michael Fagan is his name. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was, a, yeah, I guess it was a famous story. He snuck into Buckingham Palace while the Queen, while she was sleeping, big breach of security, obviously, um, while he was drunk. Yeah, he it was like walking home from the bars. The bars all closed. Walks Going up a drain pipe, gets into a. Uh, it was up on the roof. It, it actually said later he got his shoes back three years later. I don't know if you saw that. When I a, did see that. Yeah, when a crew was cleaning the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He he once he got caught. Um, what we were talking about. Let's see. The, the uh, footman said he seemed he was very tense. And then I said, would you like a drink? <laughs> he immediately became more affable and replied, yes, please. I'll have a scotch. <laughs> then he was arrested shortly thereafter. <laughs> Calm him down. Yeah. Arrest him. This guy, oh, no, nothing, nothing to worry about here. He reminded me of you. I'm reading some of these quotes are kind of hilarious where they're, they're like, listen, I'm only doing this to show how weak you guys are in security. I shouldn't be allowed to do this. I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what kind of security are you guys running here? Because it was a huge story with the security. They're like, oh my god! Well, I mean, this is nineteen eighty-two. I mean, Ireland's right. essentially at war with England. I mean, <laughs> they're, right. like, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. trying to bomb everyone. I mean, it's like, so this is a pretty big. Game. I mean, the head, of, the, the head of interior security resigned. Could you imagine if, like, the head of the Pentagon had to resign because some drunk? Yeah, because some fuck if this idiot could just stumble on in. <laughs> But what was amazing is I so I guess he snuck in yeah. to a certain part of Buckingham uh, Palace, mm-hmm. but he wasn't in like the residential part yet. But then he okay. just got he couldn't find an exit. And he's, he right. said it was very easy to get in, but it was like hard to get out. Much like much like night swimming with you. Yes, exactly. Gotta have a, he didn't gotta have, have a good an exit. exit strategy. Yeah. So he ends up in this one bedroom, and this is the part that I think would be so amazing. And then he. Pulls aside the curtains and it's the fucking queen asleep. <laughs> like, I would just be like, "Oh fuck!" Right? That's so great. <laughs> this is pretty funny. So over the years, he's given out different reasons of why he broke into the palace that morning, mm-hmm. and there's only one reason: he was drunk. Because yeah. like, like you just said, he didn't even mean to go to the queen. He just stumbled upon the queen. <laughs> 
So he gave different reasons, like hopefully it would help him out, you know. And he said one time he said he was in love with the queen, and he thought he was in trouble, and he thought the queen could help. And they're like, "Come on, what was the real reason?" Because well, I took some mushrooms a month before, and I was pretty <laughs> drunk, and it's kind of thing I like to do. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the other amazing thing. This was the second time he's been. Yeah, so he didn't face any charges. Yeah. Uh, because apparently, I don't know, like the queen is almost like considered like government property. So <laughs> she has to sue you. Like, you can't right. just, uh, like, well, like they said it was, yeah, they said it wasn't a criminal. It, for some reason, it's not a criminal case. It's only a civil case. <laughs> if you drunkenly stumble into somebody else's house, ah, you guys can settle that between you. I mean, that's just civil. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the queen didn't press any charges, obviously, because she's probably. But he, uh, he did end up getting charged because a separate time he broke in and he mm-hmm. finished half a bottle of Prince Charles's wine. Yes. And he was charged with theft for <laughs> for, buy- <laughs> for stealing the wine. <laughs> and then it says, so, you know, they did press charges on that. Uh-huh. And the jury acquitted him in less than 14 minutes, which I love. That's amazing because they're like... It's just because they're so funny, they're laughing about it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Well, this is what this also reminds me of you when he goes because he's on the stand. He goes, he admit because he admitted to drinking the wine. No, no <laughs> defense about that. Listen, you got you got me there, red handed. <laughs> but I was waiting to be captured, and I drank it because I was waiting for someone to come. If you guys weren't so late. I drank half the bottle, he told the court. Then he got tired of waiting, decided to leave. The jury agrees in less than 14 minutes. Like, imagine if you're the foreman who's like right. a stickler. This guy has no defense. <laughs> he has admitted his guilt. We know the price. You know, oh, hilarious. You know, it's a, great. You know, it's a fun side note to that second story he did when he broke in. Um, where, where did it say? So he broke in through a like chambermaid's window or something, like an open window, like a, uh, and it's, you know, and it's, it's one of the help or whatever. And she screamed, mm-hmm. uh, she screamed, blah blah blah. She's a housemaid, I'm sorry, chambermaid. I'm like, mm-hmm. I could sleep. She's a housemaid, uh, Sarah Carter. So she was just reading at the time. He came in, startled her. Obviously, she went to go run for help. He took off into another room, you know. So when all the guards come into the room and he's not there. <laughs> I saw this. S- security believes she just imagined the incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Dear madam, you're imagining things like a crazy woman, like wi- like crazy women do. <laughs> it's like an Alfred Hitchcock Jesus movie. Jesus Christ, you imagined the guy. You're head of security. <laughs> so what we'll triggered that alarm on floor 17? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Joanne with her active imagination. Yep. Oh, you know how she is. She's re- she, once she starts reading those stories, she gets caught up in the characters. I also loved this detail. He was eventually uh, convicted when, during the Prince Charles wine trial, he, he admitted to an unrelated car theft, car theft <laughs> while on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> Just through, just through storytelling. I mean, this was just drinking wine. It's <laughs> right. not like the time I stole that guy's Ferrari. <laughs> I know. Wait, he did what? say, yeah, he did say that too. I like what I said, what I could have been. I just walked straight in. I was surprised I wasn't captured right away. I could have been a rapist or something. You're lucky it was just me drinking wine. <laughs> it's not like that time I stole a car. Oh, man, that's great. So he became a, a legend. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, 
you know, government officials almost had to resign over this. It was a, a pretty big deal. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. In 1983, absolutely amazing. In 1983, following his release, because this happened in 1982, he put out a, uh, a he had a punk band called the Bullocks Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and he put out a cover of God Save the Queen, because of course he did. <laughs> oh, in 2020, he had a heart attack and COVID-19, but survived both. This guy's good for him. Good for well, him. Michael absolutely. Fagan, if you're still out there. And open wanna, invite, you for open sure. Open invite to appear in the Blackout Diaries and tell this story. Just sneak in. You don't even need to be. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, the man, yeah, the man who needs no directions. <laughs> so he does invitations. <laughs> Well, oh, CJ, boy. you know, <clears throat> the other story that I wanted to get to, sure. uh, you know, you, you come from Philly, great sports town. You guys mm-hmm. are in the World Series now, yep. and you're, you're most known for your fans. And yeah. I had not seen this clip before, mm-hmm. but in, I think it was uh, maybe like 2016, a drunk Philly fan snuck into the postgame press conference with the Eagles coach <laughs> yeah. and started asking questions and was eventually thrown out. And the right. clips are hilarious. The clips are amazing. It's just a there's a there's a it's a room full of press, you know, who have indoor clothes. And this guy obviously just came from the game. He's drunk, winter coat, winter hat. And he's just like coach, 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 uh, Sal from Fishtown. Uh <laughs> Eli Manning next week, huh? What do we think about that? That's going to be tough. What do you? Th- I think he said, Eli, what do you think? <laughs> but I do like that's the best his drunk brain could get right. to impersonating a reporter. Exactly. Because yeah. normally, if, like, I love how he's like, no, you know, normally I see the coach, I say, fuck you, you don't deserve a penny. <laughs> and I, I'm like, when are we going to run you out of town? Uh-huh. But I'm in the press box, you know. <laughs> So I got to formulate a question. Just goes, what do we think? <laughs> Eli, what do we think? <laughs> what do we think? <laughs> the coach is like, I think the coach just immediately goes, what are your credentials? Yeah, that's what he said. Who are you? What are your credentials? And then the security guy, and he's in the middle. So what about those great things when he's in the middle? Like, it takes security, you know, a while to get through. Because you got to get through sure. people. You got to move move yourself around and get around. Yeah. No, you know, other reporters aren't going to help you out, you know. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, like a theater like when you have to go all the way inside the movie theater like mm-hmm. through the seats you got to help people like so so it takes a while and he's still firing questions away and <laughs> never then he, mind my credentials yeah. answer the question please that's what he said what are your credentials never mind that <laughs> the public wants to know and i'm the public <laughs> <laughs> eli manning it's amazing how this shit still always happens in philadelphia because like oh sc- my god it's security everywhere else it seems like it's getting better you know as far as running the field but here they still haven't last week or two weeks ago the Eagles played the Cowboys on Sunday night, Sean. And a fan, not only did he sneak, not only did he sneak on the field, he stuck on the field before the game and he came out with the team. You know when they come running out of the tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> There's video. The, the video is incredible. I, I, mean, love, I love how Philly fans. <laughs> They're almost like animals yeah. that you just can't like keep out of your house. You know, Dude. like they they burrow their way in, or they come yeah, in for pipes. You know, they're public squatters. You're right. And then it comes running. So it comes running out, and he's and there's a video of it. So the players are running out. He's running out. Yeah. And then he's high fiving some players, and they're like, "What do you think?" The guys, I thought he won a contest or something. I don't know. Like, it's like I didn't know he wasn't supposed to be there. You know how many assistant there. coaches we have. <laughs> right. I don't know. How- 
And then, and then five minutes later, there's, there's footage of you know obviously security taking him taking him out, and he's absolutely hammered. And he could, he's probably winded too from running, you yeah, know, for course. doing that full sprint running and high fiving. And then it all just settles in. He's yeah, unconscionably drunk. So, but it takes some conning to get in there to the first place. I remember. Remember when we did a visitors' locker room actually uh, on Fearless Radio back in the Rocco got us a press pass to go to like the Villanova DePaul game. Like, can we fearless radio get a press pass? And he's like, he's like, buddy, anyone can get a press pass unless it's a su- unless it's a Super Bowl. They'll give you anything. anything. As Chris Trady just uh, uh, proved with his Sundance story. This is D three yeah, basketball. Exactly. Okay, they're just happy it's being covered. <laughs> right. And you get a buffet. You get a little breakfast there. It was it was pretty amazing. Um, I haven't got at a. My buddy's dad, uh, Big Jim Hunjinski, I should give a shout out to him. He, Big Jim is a classic guy where he he always snuck in, no matter what it is. The, the villain, the enemy, the whoever won, he was going to be in that parade. Like, like he got himself onto the Flyers parade or when they were the Broad Street Bullies. Like he was on it next to Bobby Clark waving. Like how do next to, first he's next to you? Like, Wait a minute, he's up there. How Big Jim get up there? You know. <laughs> Our high school state championship team, we, we we were playing Cherokee, and Cherokee's like, uh, they're called Cherokee Indians. They had this big tomahawk thing, you know? And they beat us, and at the end, they all rushed the field, and he was there rushing the field with them. Like, he had one of our jerseys on. He took it. Yeah, his son's team. And next thing he's, he's on top of someone's shoulders with the big styrofoam tomahawk. <laughs> he just likes a party. Yeah, absolutely. A Whoever the winner is, he loves it. He, didn't, he doesn't great. matter. Yeah. He got into like, the Blackhawks locker room when they beat the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> he's like pairing with them. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. It's like almost it's beyond a farewell, a fair weather fad. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's just it's he's, great. Yeah, he just likes to surround himself with the winners and yeah. winners like him. Kind of reminds me of uh, if you want to talk about that guy before we go. There's uh, who was like there was a guy who used to be there every Super Bowl. He used to sneak on. He used to sneak his way 35 in. Thirty five Super Bowls. Thirty five Super 35 Bowls. Thirty five. Dion Rich and the the photos are absolutely amazing Mm because this guy, like I'm looking at one right now, which was from Super Bowl 12. He's holding Tom Landry with one of the MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Some dude who snuck in, who's holding Tom Landry in the air. Uh, the NFL films are the thing on this guy. He used to always bring colored, whatever colored jackets are of both teams, and whoever won, mm-hmm. he would just put on a basic jacket, like a red one for Kansas City, a purple one for Minnesota, whatever, and then he just blend in. And next thing you know, he's lifting the coach up. And he did this for every Super Bowl. He's got himself in. Like John Madden, like used to like him because he was like, you know, he's just obviously this is a character. And he said one time, and he's, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated one time. He's hoisting up. He's like, and he shows, like, it was like Don Shuler or something. Hey, Don, who's this guy right here holding you up? He goes, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Jimmy. No, it's not. No. No, I know who it is. No, it's not. You know what it is? That's old Dion Rich. He goes, he's just a guy. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Hold on. And he got, like, he got him real <laughs> tilted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing. But he kind of looks like an NFL owner. Yeah. And, you know, you could do this. And then I also love how he goes, it's, it was the 60s. Right. And if any time you say a decade, like, listen, as an excuse why. You guys were part of Yeah, of course. We were. It was the 80s. What did you expect? You know, it was the 90s. You could just say that for any decade. But 60s. Super Bowl itself 
It's it's still to this day. You can it's it's you there's just so much chaos going on. You can sneak into it. There was this guy, this mm-hmm. Mexican reporter who just steal merchandise. He stole Tom Brady's jersey, it became a big scandal. And they had it was like an international diplomacy to get it back from him. Brady's just like just <laughs> let him go. He had all this like uh, gear because and he explained how he did it. He goes, Yeah, no one knows what's going on. You just like you'll you'll, you'll might uh, there's too many people. Right. Like there might be cameras of it later. Yes. Yeah. Super Bowl is the Super Bowl of sneaking into things, they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a goal for next year. When is it? The Super Bowl's always in February, right? Yeah, now it's in February. Um, I'm not sure where We it need is. Philly to host it. That'll be the best. <laughs> well, they're on their way there. It'll be pretty crazy if Philly and like Buffalo, they say, get into the Super Bowl. <laughs> just, 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 oh, the fans, talk, yeah, the yeah, fan yeah, base with animals like that. Right. Yeah, that would be great. I hope it's hosted in the town. That like couldn't handle them <laughs> at just all. Handle you, you logistics know? Like, of it, right? If it's right. in New Orleans, you know. Mm. But if it's just like in a in a town that can't handle them, that would, well, I don't know where the Super Bowl is this year. That's funny. Exactly. That's that's how I used to talk about the all, the NBA All Star Game and like remember remember. Uh, they wanted to have the NBA All Star Game in New Orleans after Katrina or something like that. Um, like as a you know, oh, a nice yeah. thing, a nice thing to uh, bring them back. And like, uh, and I think it was like uh, Carmelo Anthony or something. No, New Orleans cannot handle the NBA. We we, we do not want to bring the All Star Game there. It's like they're not, and we can't handle it. Either. Right, half of us won't come back. Exactly. Like that city's not I ready know, for like that. The, I mean, real quickly before we leave, I mean, that's how like the the Raiders. I mean, it kills me. Yeah, like. They they had a draft where they lost every first round pick. <laughs> I know, just I to, like, like Sin City. You were know? saying the Raiders should only get thirty year old free agents that have yeah. families that can handle going to Vegas. Yeah, you, you can't give these first round. They picks need a m- team of Derek Cars, you know. Yeah, you can't give these first round picks million dollar contracts in a condo in Las Vegas. They're going to kill someone at one hundred ten miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, like five of them. Marshawn Lynch got a DUI just coming back to visit the team. Like he just wanted to visit the team. And he got like tasered <laughs> by cops. Right. The Super so Bowl is actually list. in LA this year. Uh, is CJ. it? So maybe I'll fly out there. That can't be right. It was just in LA. Uh, I well, I that's what Google says. Twenty twenty two. Oh no, but that's the twenty. Right, yeah, no, so, yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty two, meaning the calendar year of it. Twenty twenty three. I think it's in Phoenix. I think it might be Arizona. I was just going to say. I think it's in Arizona. Yeah. Which is uh, close enough. Um, that's got the stadium where the f- field is on a conveyor belt. You could just like like a baking sheet. You can just roll it from underneath and just you can. It's basically like a mobile home. You could drive that. You could drive that across country while playing a game on the field. Take it to the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that should do it for today's blackout. Guys, I want to thank Chris Training for his story. Um, you could check out. We'll do quick plugs here. You can check me out. CJ Sullivan was taking my Instagram. Um, my other show, Bottom Line Bombs, on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, Sean Flannery, you have your show, Blackout Tires, of course, every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge. But now you have your Wednesday show as well about your book, Places You Can't Return To, right? Yep, Comedy Bar That's every t- Wednesday at 8 p.m. for Places I Can't Return To, the live show. And you can buy the book online uh, anywhere books are sold now. Really? How, that, that's been a long time coming. So now anywhere I can go get that book? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about anywhere. No, I mean, but you know, at, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is going to like Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, and you'll be able to find it there. Well, that's good because before, yeah, you'd uh, you'd make it as difficult as possible. You would have like this link that would send you to like, yeah. that would send you to Burke's Twitter feed or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Well, that's it, and congratulations on Sobertober being done with. I guess so. And um, yeah, that's it. I never. We always just peter out here. I never know what to, what to say. <laughs> well, just like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Perfect.
Scarpins Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.